Blue. I'm a millennial entrepreneur and started a business just two weeks after graduating college. <laughs> it's my life and I don't even know. Okay. Each week I'm interviewing an entrepreneur, getting a real look at their stories. The reason why it was challenging because there's no set path for entrepreneurship. At the lessons, the sacrifices along their journey. And leadership is hard and you have to live at home and entrepreneurship is not easy. So for the fellow entrepreneur, hopeful entrepreneur, or whatever path you decided to take in life, just know that the beauty lies within the journey. Watching? The journey! because you're like all over the place. You're always <laughs> traveling. Um, but I remember we met when I was still in college. Oh. And you were like, first of all, you were being celebrated for 40 under 40, which was amazing. And then like so many other things. You're just like <laughs> Atlanta socialite. Like you are everywhere. Like, and you always have like a, a crew of people a that's like following yep, you. Yep. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, he's so cool. And I know this summer we got together. Um, dinner was amazing. And you were like, oh, we have similar stories. You're like, there's so much of you that reminds me of me. Oh, yep. I was like, oh, shoot, I want to know what that is. Hopefully it's good because <laughs> you're obviously the coolest guy in Atlanta these days. <laughs> but um, tell me your story, you know, because, yeah. again, we only see Gigi, the oh, suit, oh. which is why I had to come with it, <laughs> you know. I've been in, like, Brilliant. jeans and shirts recently, and yeah. I was like, nah, I already know. Like, I need to look, yeah. you know. 10 times better for this, but anyway, so give me your story. How did you even start this? Start with Global Lead yep, yep. and, you know, in school. Yeah. And, and so I, I love where you started because you always get to see the flash and the fun and yeah. like it works now and the fun suit and the personality or whatever the parties. Yeah. But it comes from like a long journey of things not working, right? right? For sure. And a long journey of like not having it figured out, not really knowing what you're doing. I think we were joking it before. It's like, I feel like people half the time don't really know what they're doing with entrepreneurship. And I'm like, actually, I think people most of the time don't know what yeah. they're doing with entrepreneurship. Nope. So, my journey, literally, to today, where you get to fly in from South Africa and go to Cuba, and yeah. it sounds fancy and cool, is from like lots and lots of mistakes along the way. Yeah. It actually started with having, and my big thing, if all of the people watching, um, your show, your interview series can take one thing away, is courage. Yeah. It's like having the courage to actually do what you want to do in life. And I always say it really comes down to moments, and that's like 10 seconds of insane courage. Yeah. Like, in those moments, we have the courage to do what you want to do. I love that. 10 seconds of insane courage. That's all you get. That's all you get, 10 seconds. Like, I think life happens in moments. We don't always know what we're going to do. We don't always do the right thing. Yeah. But in that moment, we have 10 seconds of insane courage to do it. And so, if you look back at my life, it got to today... It's been all of these like 10 seconds of insane courage moments yeah. where I chose kind of courage yeah. over comfort. Yeah. Courage over comfort, courage over comfort. And so in school, I always thought I would go into politics. I like dressing up, like yeah. having the personality, always thought that. I was student body president at Georgia. Yeah. Big school, 30,000 people. You're the president. You think you kind of like want to go into politics. I did it for one year and said, absolutely not. Like, no. no politics. Okay. I don't want to do that anymore. Scratch no that. more JFK. Forget about that life. What am I going to do next? Yeah. And then I was a business major. Thought, you know, oh, maybe I can go to like a really good business school a day, do investment banking, all yeah. this. And so the summer before I graduated, 
um, all my like you know fun friends that were doing like like finance road in New York City. I had never been out of the country, never had a passport, never done anything. Really? Never traveled at all. Okay. And I got a scholarship, and the opportunity was you could fly anywhere around the world to do whatever you wanted. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, if I don't want to do politics, I'm going to do business. And literally, if you take a globe, and I love traveling around the world, but if you take a globe, put your finger on Atlanta, Georgia, close your eyes, and spin it halfway around the world, on the other side, I'm not sure if that's longitude or latitude, whatever yeah, it is, no, no. you put your finger on the other side, the furthest place you can fly is Hong Kong. Okay. So I literally sat my parents down and said, right before graduating, the summer before this, I'm going to do an internship. I'm going to fly to Hong Kong, and I'm going to try to get a job. Yeah. And they're like, wait, excuse me? Like, right. you've never Rookie. been out of the country. Yeah. What are you going to do? I didn't have a job when I landed. I literally talked my way into a job at Merrill Lynch, doing investment banking for a summer with all Ivy League kids. And I was what? like the one dude from the South, from the University of Georgia, that literally talked his way into getting a job. And I, and I like, believe it. <laughs> that is completely your story, your life. Yeah, and I was like, okay, if I can land this job, life will be great. Yeah. Because you'll make the money, you'll have the prestige, you got it on your resume. And what I ended up doing and figuring out was I worked 18 hours a day, yeah. six and a half days a week, and in that one summer, I watched my boss miss his, he and his wife's anniversary mm -hmm. and his four-year-old daughter's birthday. Oh, wow. And I said, it's like, no. I never want to be that husband, and I never want to be that father. Yeah. And I don't care how much money you make, it's just not worth it. Yeah. The interesting thing on the flip side is because you work 18 hours a day, you take all the money that you make, you put it in the <laughs> bank because you never have time to spend it. Yeah. So at the end of the summer, I had a job offer, which is, you know, for a guy from the University of Georgia, when you're looking around all the Harvard, and, you know, Stanford and MIT and all these kids working there, and I got the job offer mm -hmm. to either go and work in, you know, Merrill Lynch in Hong Kong or New York or London or wherever. Yeah. I had to take that moment and I was like, am I going to choose courage, what I really feel in my heart I should do, yeah. or am I going to take comfort in, like, what the world probably says is, like, the smart right. thing to do? And in my 10 seconds of insane courage, I walked into my boss's office and I quit. I said, Just I can't done. do it. I'm done. Yeah. I don't want the job offer. I don't want the rest of this internship. I'm finished And the money, with do you banking. mind me asking, how yeah. much money do they offer you? Yeah, so we made $20,000 in 10 weeks. So two grand a week, literally, for an entire summer. I right. went 10 weeks, 20 grand, pocketed it, put it away. And uh, and then we had, like, um, kind of a bonus when we signed on for the summer as well. Right. So I made about $30,000 in the summer. In 10 weeks. In right. 10 weeks. Good money. Good money. 30 grand, 10 weeks. As a college kid, right. it's like, I don't even think my mom made 30 grand in a year, right? And I'm crazy. like, that's crazy money. And so what I decided to do was, I had the money, I knew I didn't want to do that as a career, but if I could do anything, what would I want to do? Yeah. So again, call mom and dad, so I hope you're sitting down. Got one more thing to say, they're like, oh. Your parents are like Garrett, stressing. Mark. They're like, like no, why? no more calls. And so after taking 10 seconds of insane courage and saying no to the opportunity in Hong Kong and investment banking, I said yes to, I had always wanted to travel, volunteer, and go to Africa. Yeah. Here's the deal, I knew nothing about Africa or volunteering or any of that stuff, but I called mom and dad and said, I'm not coming back to the US, I'm taking a year off of school. I didn't know that. I took a year off of school. You took a year off? Year off of school, That's moved courage. to Kenya, volunteered in an AIDS orphanage in the middle of Africa. Again, cool, 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 cool. I'm a white dude from the South. I don't know anything about like AIDS kids, Africa orphanages, nothing. <laughs> None of the above. Nothing. Cool. I'm just being honest. 
That's like the real stuff that entrepreneurs don't tell you. They're like, oh, I had it figured out, 90-day plan, one year. No, 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 no. And I, well, I yeah. literally went into an AIDS orphanage. It was like 100 degrees outside, 80 little kids, no moms, no dads, no nothing. I'm like the lanky white guy walking in, like personality, want to help out, don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And the first day I was there, I met this little boy. His name was Martin. Oh, Martin. Ten, year, ten years old. Big, huge, like, orange baggy shirt, like, Tennessee volunteer orange, bright as can be, <laughs> yeah. like, huge pants, that are way too big for him, a belt that he, like, pulled as, like, tight as he can, put on the fifth thing, and like, tighten his little pants, you know, he came running over to me, none of the kids could pronounce Garrett, yeah. they couldn't say greatest in my initials, so they called me Gigi, Gigi. so Gigi, That's Gigi my initials, so everyone, all my friends call me Gigi, can't pronounce Garrett, can't say greatest, so they called me Gigi, came yeah. from the kids in Africa, Instagram's GG Worldwide, so kind of in their honor, just always kept the idea of the name. Yeah. And on that day, as I was leaving, this little boy, 10 years old, Martin, looks me straight in the eye, kind of grabs the bottom of my shirt, and he goes, GG, GG. Everyone says they'll be back. Will you really come back and see us? And on that day, at that time, in that yeah. moment, you have 10 seconds of insane courage. Am I going to stay? Am I going to go? Am I going to commit or am I going to leave? Like, what am I really going to do in this moment? Right. And in that moment, in my 10 seconds of insane courage, I said yes. And, and you meant it. And I meant it. And it was, I, again, I didn't know what I was doing. And I, I think the funny thing about entrepreneurship is like, well, like, did you have a plan in place? Did you know what you were going to do to volunteer? Were you going to raise money? Are you going to put together a plan? No. I, I had no idea what I was going to do. But I knew that I wanted to help and I wanted to give back. And I think if you're if you're genuine and you're sincere and people can see that in you, then like kind of people rally around that. And I'm like one guy in the middle of an orphanage in the middle of Nairobi, Kenya. But this one little boy at this one moment in time asked if I was gonna come back and I said yes. Yeah. And days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, and before you know it, that's how I ended up staying in Africa for an entire year. And I loved it. And I fell in love with these kids and their stories and you know they had they had no moms, they had no dads, and I kind of became not just like a, a big brother, but like a father figure to like 80 kids in the middle yeah. of Africa. And I said, I think, you know, not, not you know, being crazy religious, but I think sometimes the good Lord puts you in certain places for certain reasons or whatever you believe. Like, I think sometimes you're put in places for reasons. Yeah. And my reason in that moment was to be with these kids yeah. and like soften my heart from like the hardcore investment banker to like getting back to who I was as a person. Yeah. And I loved it. I and I love these kids. I love this little boy named Martin. And after being there for an entire year, after getting to know this kid like so much, I, I love this little guy. And as I'm leaving to fly home, because I had to come back to UGA, I had to graduate from school. Right. Because um, you're a student. Because I'm you're still like, a student. Old? I was going to be a mighty fifth year senior. <laughs> I was like taking <laughs> the fifth year. The fifth Instead year. of like going to football <laughs> games, I'm like in the world of Africa, like not knowing what I'm doing. Yeah. But I made a commitment to this little guy. As I'm leaving, he goes, GG, GG. He goes, I want you to make me a promise. Because I want you to promise that you'll always remember me. And so Martin and I give each other like a big high five and a bear hug. Yeah. And I go back to the U.S. like with a man with like his soul on fire, committed to this cause of kids with HIV and AIDS yeah. who lost their parents. And we have those same children here in the United States, here in Georgia. Um, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I know nothing about HIV and AIDS in the U.S. or anything like that. But it turns out. In Atlanta, we have the second highest second highest rate of pediatric AIDS, only behind New York City. It's crazy. So I committed to come back, figure out what I could do, and I want to start an NGO, so a nonprofit organization, to help kids in the U.S. with HIV and AIDS and their quality of life. Again, 
Had no idea what I was going to do. No idea how I was going to do it. No clue. But I got back to UGA. Yeah. University of Georgia has the 10th largest football stadium in America. We have like 90,000 people that go to the game every Saturday in the fall, cheer on our beloved Georgia Bulldogs. And every year they pick one person to stand inside the stadium with a microphone and give a speech at graduation. And 30,000 people come. Yeah. And I got selected to tell my story. So I was the UGA graduation speaker. They didn't choose me. I, you know what? I don't know why. You, you, you would have done a better job with me. <laughs> no. And, and it, again, in that moment, did I have the courage to tell my real story? Yeah. That I thought life was going to be great if I made a lot of money, went to Hong Kong, and took the job. Because that's what life tells you to do. Make the money, take it, go for it. It's easy. And did I, did I actually have the courage in that moment with a microphone and 30,000 people to say, in front of all of you, as my witness, I'm going to start a charity for kids with HIV and AIDS. Yeah. And on that day, with that microphone in front of that many people, I said that I wanted to start a charity uh, where every single person could be a hero for someone or something in life. And I, I created, started, and launched the organization in front of 30,000 people on graduation day. Right. That's called, no better time. Called Hero for Children. Hero is an acronym called Hearts Everywhere Reaching Out for Children. And my basic idea was, can we take what Big Brother Big Sister did for people in the communities to become big brothers and big sisters yeah. for kids with HIV and AIDS? They need role models, they need mentors, they need summer camps and Christmas presents and all these fun yeah. things, but they really need someone as a starting point. Right. And on that day, again, not having a clue what I was going to do or how it was going to work or where I was going to find the kids or get the kids or get the mentors or do any of this, I launched it right. with 10 seconds of insane courage. And that was my first start into entrepreneurship. And it was not easy. I didn't know what I was going to do. And I didn't even know how I was going to fund it. I didn't even know if there was funding or people would ever do this. Yeah. And so the joke was that literally I graduated and moved straight back home. Yeah. And I lived at home, Story honestly, yeah. until I was 30 years old. Okay, so love that point because obviously very similar in yeah. the sense like I graduated, yep. started the business two weeks later. Yep but have been living at home in order for me to do my business full time, right? So again, like you, people see like, oh, Michelle gets to travel, yep. oh, Michelle like has her business, she has everything figured out. Mm -hmm. mm, not quite, right. not quite. Yeah. So you were living at home, yeah. so tell me what that, you know, yeah, how yeah. that and, experience and, and so first of all, you're doing a non-profit, not a for-profit, which means the money you make, yes, you can pay yourself, but really you want to invest it back in the organization. Um, and so, I kid you not, the first three years out of college, the first three years out of college, we paid ourselves $500 a month, yeah. which, quick math, $6,000 a year, yeah. which means the federal poverty level in the United States of America, oh. which means you get food stamps, is about $18,000 or less. I made a third of that. No, so, it's so funny. This year, I was adding up. I was like, oh, shoot. I, I, I'm pretty sure I qualify for government <laughs> assistance. Of course. Like, I should, like, right. apply. And, and people, you know, oh, you, you know, maybe got some style and swagger, and you yeah. go to the events and the charity things and all that. And then you go home. And then I go home. To, like, your parents' basement, if you're lucky enough, they have a basement. Yeah. I, I like to live with my dad. We had, like, a two-bedroom, and I'm, like, in one. He's in the other. He's like, is my kid ever going to move out? Like, <laughs> literally. Yeah. And, and so what's crazy, you know, what I want entrepreneurs to know is, like, I've now started three different companies. Yeah. Each one raised over a million dollars. A million dollars in charity funding, a million dollars in study abroad, and a million dollars you know, in, in recurring revenue from my clients. Three times. I'm now on my third company. Yeah. All three are still running. The charity's still going. 
the study abroad company called Global Lead, where I took students six weeks at a time doing leadership and service in South Africa. Still going. Yeah. New company called Addo, leadership consulting firm, still going. But I've had to learn so much over the years. Yeah. And it's always been a sacrifice, honestly, to a lot of like my fun, my travel, my going out, my, my paycheck. Because yeah. you just don't make money I at the beginning. And don't. leadership is hard. And you have to live at home. And entrepreneurship is not easy. And, and you don't half the time not know what you're doing. Most of the time you don't know what yeah. you're doing. Yeah. And I think that's the secret. Like, it's okay to not know what you're doing. Yeah. And fake it till you make it. You know, and you keep doing it. You keep doing it. And sometimes you can get discouraged. Because even for me, like, you know, I have friends who have full-time jobs. Yep. So they have a salary. Yep. They have 401ks. I'm like, oh, okay, eventually I'll have some retirement sure. planning. But now they can buy cars. They can buy houses. And, yep. you know, and sometimes you can get caught up in comparison, like, and I'm still living at home. Yeah. You know, but that's the sacrifice I'm willing to make to do what I love, to build what I love, and then knowing I have a vision for something so much greater, right? Yep. Yep. So, so short-term sacrifices, yep. which I am making, right. you have already made, and it's paying off. Yeah. It really makes a world of difference. And it's, it's, it's hard to look at it when you're two years out of college, but when you're 12 years out of college, like me, so yeah. I've got 10 years on you. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, now I can look back and do an interview and look nice and say, hey, here's some wisdom. The wisdom is, in those moments, do you have the 10 seconds of insane courage to choose courage over comfort? Yeah. Because comfort gets you the new car. Yeah. Gets you the new outfit. Gets you the new pair of shoes. I was saying, I, like, I can't like, even get a manicure right now. And, like, it's real. And it's hard because life teaches us to, like, like kind of, hey, stay in your lane. Stay in your boundary. Don't get too far to the left, too far to the right, too crazy, too... And life is kind of designed for like, hey, like let's all kind of keep moving in the same direction. If you get too far off the path, yeah. there, there's no real guidelines. There's no one to really help you. There's no advice. There's no, and so you know you have to find and reach out to, you know, to fellow entrepreneurs to even figure out how do I even do this stuff. Yeah. And the thing is, most entrepreneurs they're just kind of making it up as they go along, but they have the courage to keep going. My life, yeah. And the thing is, are you going to continually have the courage to keep going? And if you do, eventually, you'll figure it out. But it's a, it's a long game. Yeah. It is a long game. And if you Not think that you're going to be partying in the Hamptons on a yacht, drinking rosé every summer, like two summers in, that ain't happening. Like, that may be 10 years in, that may be 20 years in, but you are not popping bottles at the yeah. club. I haven't popped a bottle yet. In a long time. <laughs> in a long time. Yeah. And maybe your friends can do it and they can invite you because you're the fun one with the cool stories and you're actually giving back. Yeah. But you ain't going to be buying those bottles yeah. and you're probably not going to be going to the Hamptons and you're not going to be cruising around a yacht in the south of France. Mm -hmm. But like, that's the idea of what people think is like, oh, well, Zuckerberg's a billionaire, Elon Musk did this. No, Elon Musk sold you know, his stake, you know, when they sold PayPal, the PayPal mafia. Reed Hoffman from LinkedIn. It was, you know, Peter Thiel, you know, that has an investment firm that invests in Facebook. It was Elon Musk that was part of this PayPal mafia. Elon Musk got $180 million from his payout from PayPal. Yeah. He put $100 million in, um, you know, like renewable energy, so like, you know, SpaceX, all that stuff, and $80 million in Tesla. Yeah. And the next month had to borrow money for rent. $100 million in renewable energy, which he's like changing the game in that. Yeah. $80 million in Tesla. Yeah. And he had to borrow the next month's money for rent. Like, that's what entrepreneurs do. It's like, right. I'm all in on my goal. Right. Well, now Elon Musk is a super billionaire. It's easy to talk about. He's right. the inspiration for Iron Man. But did he have <laughs> yeah. the courage 
to do it. Yeah. Or could he say, you know, $180 million, I'm going to cash out, I'm done. No. He like put it into this, put it into this, and kept going. Yeah. And that is so hard to do, yeah. choose courage over comfort. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's lo different levels and degrees sure. of your courage, right? Yeah. You know, because so many times you only hear the Elon Musk stories. Right. But they don't hear the Garrett and Michelle stories, sure. which is more common, right? right. This right. is the journey that so many other people are on, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so really interesting. Yeah. I love it. And like you said, you were like, yeah, we have so many commonalities, and that's so true. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and I love your story as well. It's like, okay. you're going to you're gonna do something that's like part of your core and fabric, but there's also going to be like kind of uh, an element of giving back to society or giving back to others or yeah. giving back to females, giving back to, you know, like whatever you're passionate about. And again, it's a long game. It's a long game. It's a sure. long game where... Yeah, you know, a lot of times you're not, you're just not going to make the money that your friends have. You may have the experiences. You better, you'll yeah. probably have better stories at the bar when you so grab drinks. A lot of stories, well, great stories. Tons of stories, but stories don't pay the bills. Nope. Stories don't pay the bills. Press doesn't pay the bills. Either. It doesn't. And so yeah. they see the glamorous lifestyle that you know. Oh, you're in a photo shoot. You're in a magazine. You're yeah. on TV. You got interviewed for something, but it doesn't pay the bills. Like, but I have to eat. Like, yeah. I can't eat paper, unfortunately. And yeah. it is tough. It's and tough. it's tough to swallow your ego, swallow your pride. Yeah. I mean, I've literally, like, when I was running Hero for Children, the charity for kids with HIV and AIDS, I would go to galas and events and, like, you know, all these things where I would literally, because I'm living at home, yeah. I, drove, I drove a crappy car. Yeah. Like, the, like, the door would half the time fall off, and the window wouldn't roll up, and yeah. the air conditioning didn't work. Okay. And I'm like, every time I'd go pick up my date for a gala, I'd... Yeah, no, 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 like, let, let me pick you up at your place. Like, yeah. like definitely don't, don't see that you. I live at home. Like, like, can we use your car or Uber because my car doesn't, you know, like, and I'm yeah. like, it's so embarrassing, right? It's so much It's serious. so embarrassing. It's so much But it's like, but then when you show up at the gala, like, you get, like, stressed out, oh, you have the fun right. stories, you're, like, the coolest person there. We are the coolest people. But then you're going back home to, like, live at your parents. Yeah. I'm, like, waking up and, like, doing work in my mama's kitchen, i.e. Headquarters. Of course. And that's so of course. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really, really tough. And I just think that, like, as someone that's literally started now three different companies and now starting to be successful. Yeah. Like, I was successful as in, like, impact, giving back, you For know, sure. helping children with HIV and AIDS. Doesn't necessarily pay the bills. Right. I was successful as in the next company was called Global Lead. We got to take American students overseas for six weeks at a time. And I got to travel to South Africa and Greece and Australia New Zealand. I got to be a professor and teach leadership. Cool. Doesn't really pay the bills, but yeah. like you get to be on Instagram famous and like super cool, like all these fun places. <laughs> yeah. Finally, I figured out after the third try, this new company called Addo, yeah. Leadership Consulting, only because we have a huge client, Chick-fil-A. Yeah that we partner with, get to do a lot of their leadership, development, curriculum, programming, started Chick-fil-A Leader Academy, that we have a paying client. Yeah. Like, I'm 10 years into this journey. No. I'm three You're companies into in this journey. Game. I'm like, deep deep I'm hard in the paint at this point. Yeah, like, in the paint. And, and finally, like, do you get to like have the stories and have a paycheck? Yeah. Have the stories and have a Before, I had all kinds of good stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah content paycheck. for days. Yeah, content for days, yeah. you know? But, it, but it's tough. Like, it is really, really tough. And it is a long game. And I just see a lot of these entrepreneurs, like, it's sexy to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. But after you figure out how freaking hard it is for, like, you know, a year, 18 months, it's like, maybe it's better just to go back, get the 401k, mm -hmm. buy the new car, get the fancy outfits, like, live the easy life. Yeah. 
because entrepreneurship is not easy. Yeah, you just have to really, I think, you know, Simon Sinek, and yep. you start with why. Yep. You really have to have such a strong why. And yeah. it can't be for the money. It can't be for, you know, the bottles, popping bottles, because that's not going to hold you over, yeah. you know? It's yeah. really not. And so I love that. I love that so much. Now, you just graduated yeah. HBS, yeah. Harvard Business School. <laughs> cool. <laughs> right? Things I need to add to my list, yeah. which is amazing. Thank you. Um, so I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like, oh, formal education, you know, informal yeah. education, yeah. pros and cons of that. What was your decision? Like, what made you go to HBS, and how did that impact you? Growing your well, honest, I wanted to go to Harvard out of high school, so did my girlfriend. She got in and I didn't. Oh. Crushed me. <laughs> and so I probably always had a chip on my shoulder that I always wanted oh. to go to Harvard, if I'm being very honest. Do you need formal education as an entrepreneur? No. Does it help with contacts? Absolutely. For sure. So for me, it was it was honestly probably Harvard or bust. If I didn't get into Harvard Business School, I probably wasn't going to go. Um, but, but that was just a personal thing where I honestly kind of always loved Harvard. I always had a, like, you know, this, like, love affair with Harvard yeah. since high school, going through college, saw my friends go. Um, you know, are there other schools that are fantastic? Absolutely. Do you need to go to a place at Harvard Business School? No. But the interesting thing about Harvard is there's so many international um, people that get in, people that go, like, just completely different ways of thinking that, um, you know, it's, it, MIT is going to be, you know, really centered on technology, Stanford around innovation, Harvard really around leadership. And so Harvard produces, you know, what they call, you know, people that want to change the world. A lot of times they're CEOs of companies, uh, but real thought leaders. Yeah. And so I said, if I could ever get into like, you know, a place and be an alumni of Harvard Business School, just the connections you would have. The connections are invaluable. Invaluable. And yeah. I knew from an early age, I didn't want to go to Harvard and then go into investment banking. I didn't want to go do private equity. I didn't want to do work at a hedge fund. Like, I saw that at Merrill Lynch when yeah. I was 20, and I said, I'm getting out of the game. Like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to work for Goldman. I don't want to work for McKinsey. I don't want to do any of that. I want to come back to Atlanta. I want to help run my leadership consulting firm called Addo. Yeah. I want to build out that leadership can be cool, fun, trendy, and engaging for this next generation. Yeah. If I can help make leadership cool, fun, and sexy, which I'm trying, that, like, yeah, you, you can do what you want without having to go down the path that a lot of people go down, right? And listen, can you make a ton more money yeah. doing investment banking, private equity, working at Goldman, working at Absolutely. For sure. But that's not my path. Yeah. That's not what I want to do. So I went to Harvard Business School and I said, hey, I'm going to do my path. I'm going to, I'm going to be me. And, uh, and I met so many interesting people that it's kind of like the grass is always greener. I look at them because they make tons of money. Yeah. They look at me, it's like, dude, you were literally in but Cape Town, South Africa last week and you're going to Cuba next weekend. Yeah. Because I get to lead leadership trips. I get to go on these different odysseys. I get to like write leadership curriculum. I love that. It's yeah. me. I could probably never sit behind a desk like trade stocks, know. you know, and I figure out like That's what to That's the put. scariest thing for me. I, I don't know how to do that. I don't either. I wouldn't really be good at it, you know? Don't hire me. Actually, I shouldn't say that. No. But. <laughs> <laughs> hire me to like do interviews with interesting people, put together as content and the main purposes. That's yeah. what you should do. Absolutely. <laughs> but no, and again, I, I am very blessed, knock on wood, that, you know, to call Harvard Business School, you know, being an alumni, I, you know, it's, it's cool, yeah. you know? Um, did I learn so much from the formal education side of it? No, but did I learn a lot of interesting things from my classmates and from the Harvard experience? Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know? For sure. Um, so, do you need formal education, an MBA per se, um, you know, as an entrepreneur? No, but does it help with contacts? 
interesting ways of thinking um, and kind of a global network. Yeah, for yeah, sure. For sure. Awesome. Okay, so as we close up, yep. um, I always have to ask everyone, yeah. you know, music motivates me. Yeah. So it gets me going, it gets me in the mood of like, oh, yep. I'm about to kill this. Whatever yep. life brings, whatever life throws at me, yep. I got this. So <laughs> give me that one song lyric yep. that motivates you and keep you going. Yep. So before I answer that, which I will, I always go to two concerts every year, Jay-Z and Lionel Richie. I have oh. no idea what that says about me. But old school Lionel, man, like he can just what? bring like it. Commodore. I love it. Yeah, oh yeah, like old yeah, oh. like he always performs oh. here in Atlanta and then Jay-Z at some point I'm in some crazy city. Yeah. So um yeah, so I always go to like Jay-Z's concerts. I've gotta see him oh. Beyonce. Um you should uh, actually should take me Yeah, listen, time. I can bring Hoven Bay, we can we can do that. Um <laughs> and I love Lionel Richie because he's just old school and he just like brings it and yeah. I love it. So I, I always make sure to go to those two concerts every single year. But I, uh, I remember right before um, I gave my speech to the 30,000 people who launched the idea of Hero, very first organization, I, I literally remember as if it was yesterday, I was driving to like the stadium, super nervous, turn on the radio, and Eminem's song came on, Lose yeah. Yourself. It was like, you know, you better lose yourself in the music, the moment, you better own it, you better never let it go, you only get one shot, do not miss your chance to blow, that whole thing. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, first of all, I can't rap like Eminem, obviously, but <laughs> I was like, I just love that, like, you've got one shot, do yeah. not miss your chance, you know, uh, and so... Eminem's like lose yourself like yeah. that song brings me back to that moment and in that moment I was I really look back and I'm, I'm really you know proud like of choosing courage over comfort taking those 10 seconds of insane seconds. courage and that's my one thing that I'll leave everybody with so Eminem lose yourself is the answer um, but if I can leave anyone with one piece of advice is life is made up of moments yeah. and in those moments choose 10 seconds of insane courage to choose courage over comfort and then 10 years later, I think your future self will be proud of you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And yeah. Again, I do see a lot of me and you, <laughs> a lot of you and me. Sure. Um, but I love your story, and I love your spirit. And Gigi, thank you for making time for me. You know, social life. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. So I appreciate it. So, Thanks so much. How are we going? And I wish you well with everything else. Thanks so much. We'll be in touch. Yes. Yeah. Follow me, Gigi Worldwide on Instagram. Awesome. <laughs>